Hello and welcome. You are listening to Desperate Acts of Capitalism, a podcast about money, marketing, and how it all goes wrong. Or rich idiots with bad ideas. <sighs> this uh, is this is part two of the WeWork series. <laughs> Alright. Sadly. Sadly. Part two. Okay, okay, let's jump in here. Alright. Last time on Desperate Acts of Capitalism. <laughs> should cut together like like an intense reel of like yeah. last time like intense like trailer music use the, use the like the the dragon ball z like that would be amazing also you, we should totally edit together like a best of, of yeah like our, our previous episodes totally like a little like sizzle reel yeah that we can like show to people all right all right all right in May, WeWork launched an investment fund called ARC, which would allow the company to begin buying property. Newman jokingly told Bloomberg the name stood for Adam, Rebecca, and Kids, and he didn't reject a comparison to Noah's Ark. Of course not. Of course, yeah. Oh. J- j- oh, 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 are you, are you c- comparing my, my investment fund to Noah's Ark? Why, who could have thought of that? I won't shy away from biblical allegories, of course. Talking to himself in the mirror. <laughs> While Pre- flexing. Preparing for the interview. Oh, yes, I am like the modern-day Noah. Oh, gosh, I see you've noticed my bulging muscles. I hadn't thought of that, but yes. I am hum- akin to Noah. The human race are like my children that I am keeping safe on this ark of property purchases. Oh, ark isn't actually, like... Uh, we'll get into it, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Whatever! None of this means anything! A spokesman later clarified that it stood for Asset Return Kicker. So he lied about what it stood for? It doesn't... (laughs) Don't do this, Evan! Don't think about things? There's there's nothing underneath all of this. It's all bullshit. (laughs) I want to go home. (laughs) You're going to sit here, and you're going to listen to me discuss WeWork, and you're going to like it. I'm not going to like it. I will turn this podcast around, young man. (laughs) The fund also solved a thorny problem that has recently emerged. Over the years, Newman has has personally owned a stake in four buildings where WeWork became a tenant, including the one occupied by IBM, which he acquired in 2015 with the Israeli fashion designer Eli Tahari for $70 million. The Newmans also own a $1.7 million house in the Hamptons, a six-bedroom townhouse in Greenwich Village, renovated to include a, quote, stroller parking garage, semicolon. How many strollers do you have? Enough to have a parking garage, apparently. Are you hosting many babies at once so (laughs) you can store all all the strollers? Or do you just own a hundred strollers? I I don't know. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. sorry. I shouldn't think about things. (laughs) the lesson uh, of this podcast. Only add something if you have something funny to say, Evan. <laughs> this is a jokes-only zone. <laughs> oh, God. A $15 million 60-acre estate in Westchester and four apartments in uh, Gra- Gramercy that cost a combined $35 million. The Wall Street Journal reported in May that WeWork had paid more than $37 million in rent to an unnamed, quote, principal stockholder. 
Yeah. Wonder who that is. So here's the thing. Owning a personal stake in your holdings is super fucking illegal. I was going to say, that doesn't that sounds a little shady. It's extremely illegal. But I, we mentioned it last time. We mentioned it in the last episode. Adam Newman's strategy is that he breaks so many laws that yeah. the regulators cannot keep up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Drowning them in red tape. Literally, that is exactly what he does. <laughs> yeah, but owning like stock in your own company is that's like that's bad. And <sighs> it's the thing the the thing here is that it's so blatant. Yeah. Like he's not even like what most people do is they have like they have like an anonymous slush fund, yeah. right? They have like a middleman so that they can pretend to do it anonymously so that the regulators can't keep up. Adam Newman just straight up owns like <laughs> like we the deed is public. We know that he owns right. these things <laughs> and he's not allowed to. <sighs> the arrangement was criticized as a blatant conflict of interest. <laughs> and we Yeah. Could, uh-huh. That's the definition of a conflict of interest. <laughs> and the company moving towards an IPO, Newman said that he would sell the buildings to Ark at a cost. Which Adam, you <laughs> own you own Ark! That doesn't solve anything! Yeah. That's still a blatant conflict of interest! Yeah. <laughs> the whole reason why that's illegal is like because selling it would be, you know, because I, I don't even know. Whatever. I don't <laughs> know so, anything. like, there's nothing deeper here. Yeah. There's no, it's like, it's he's just, just breaking the rules and, like, he's flaunting just, it. He, it's like, it, this is the financial equivalent of, like, showing up at a police station with your dick and balls out. Yeah. It's like, this is so flagrantly illegal. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously illegal. But I, I just love the fact that Adam is like, no, no, it's okay. I'm going to sell them to this trust fund that I own. <laughs> it's like, Adam, buddy, that's illegal too. <laughs> you can't do that. But this just goes to show you that, like, like this is how far gone Adam Newman is. <laughs> like, he just... There's this whole concept with rich people where it's like... Like... Okay. A $250 fine for parking illegally is not... Like, that's not illegal for rich people. Right. That's... It costs $250 to park right. here. <laughs> right. So rich people are allowed to park in handicapped spaces. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> that's... In terms of the cost to them, it's it's nothing. Yeah, $250 is pocket change. Yeah. It's the equivalent of paying, like, 20 bucks for parking in L.A. to them. Right. Yeah. Like, it's not cheap, but they can just sort of throw it around. Yeah. Like, ugh. Like... Adam Newman has no concept that, like, any of what he's doing is illegal. Right. <laughs> uh, Newman said that he would sell the buildings to Ark at a cost. I never bought the buildings to make money, he told me. Which is a lie. Why did you buy the buildings, then? Uh, just shits and gigs. <laughs> I was bored. Right. I was... I, I bought the buildings for inspiration for my short story. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> For my book on how to buy buildings. <laughs> Claiming he had simply wanted to show skeptical landlords that WeWork was a viable tenant. Which seems like something that you do when you want your company to make money, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, like, contradicting himself every sentence. Yeah. Quote, my stock makes so much more than... Mo- s- 
quote, my stock makes so much more money than any investment I could do. I should buy more WeWork stock if I want to make money. Illegal, Adam. <laughs> Still, Newman has told people over the years that he has sold more than $100 million worth of WeWork stock during various investment rounds. In recent years, he's made personal investments in a number of companies, including a hotel chain for digital nomads, whatever the fuck that means. I think that means people who can work from their computer... Or something like digital nomads, but like yeah, if you can afford a hotel for digital nomads, you can probably afford like an apartment or something, <laughs> right? The whole point of being a digital nomad is that you can work from home, right? So why would you need a hotel, <laughs> especially a special hotel? Yeah, like how does that cater to your needs more than a normal hotel? It has Wi-Fi and a desk, I just like a regular hotel. I don't know. I don't understand here. And why would a digital nomad need to travel? <laughs> like, okay, forget it. Whatever, Sorry. whatever, Sorry. whatever. <laughs> I'm breaking the rule. I'm looking into things. The medical marijuana startup of former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud, Ehud Barak, celebrity chef Dan Berber's bespoke seed company, and life... What? I don't know. It, it sounds like a fancy sperm bank. But, so you can, like, customize seeds to your whim or something I guess it's like maybe it's like a genetic tailoring thing for seeds which is like kind of a cool idea but yeah. like just the fact that it's called like a bespoke seed yeah. company it's like who needs custom seeds yeah. you can go online design your own produce I, which is cool I guess yeah, I mean but that seems like the sort of thing that like a large agricultural conglomerate would yeah. be doing it's not like a boutique business yeah it's like a Monsanto thing yeah and Life Biosciences, which is dedicated to, quote, a future where age-related decline is not a fact of life. So, immortality? I guess? It sounds like they're doing alchemy. Like, <laughs> like that that's where they're, like, kidnapping homeless people and using their blood for experiments or something. Which, again, Adam, you, you're thinking too small alchemy? <laughs> like, you, you gotta think outside the box. Right, right. What was it in the first episode? The um, refugee crisis, and then... Uh, curing orphans? Yeah, curing orphans. Making sure... S solving violence. All with WeWork? Yeah. Giving them a family? Solving death. <laughs> Conquering the grave, much like Jesus Christ. Oh, gosh. Oh, are you comparing me to a biblical figure again? I hadn't thought of that. Oh, golly. Yes, I do see the similarities. Oh, okay, so, this next... This next section is... I have titled The Break, because, like, all of this was just building up yeah. to when all of this snaps under pressure, and uh -oh. it, does, it does so in one of the craziest ways I've ever seen. Okay. Wonderful. Just before last Christmas, uh, Masayoshi-san called Newman with bad news. Just to recap, Masayoshi-san is the, uh, the Japanese investor that has like it's the the enormous investment firm that has like so much money that like it's like having so many chips that it makes sure that nobody else can bet yeah, right right so masayoshi son called newman with bad news a plan for softbank to invest 16 billion into wework including 4 billion it, including the 4 billion dollars it had already promised and to become its majority shareholder was dead bad news for him. Yeah, right. That's a huge cash infusion. The stock market had tanked, and the and the Vision Fund's investors, including Saudi Arabia, were hesitant to invest more in real estate. 
SoftBank ended up investing another $1 billion in WeWork and buying another $1 billion of stock from employees and other investors. This was more money than Newman's smaller rivals had raised combined. But it was still a disappointment. Right. You know, that's... Oh, you only got $2 billion instead of your $16 billion or whatever? <sighs> this was more money than Newman's smaller rivals had raised combined, but it was still a disappointment and presented as such in the media. At the company summit in January, Newman told the employees that news coming from outside the company was often, quote, fake or misinformed. Hmm. Who else talks like that? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Remember in the first episode when he literally, like, bought a bunch of his principal real estate holdings from Jared Kushner? <sighs> in Any 20... criticisms are fake. <laughs> Any and all criticisms are fake. Do not listen to them. If I they am... are praised, they are real. I am the godhead. <laughs> In 2017, he told the Economic Club of New York he thought fake news was a, quote, great term. Yeah, because you use it and because you believe in fake news. <laughs> if it, it works to your favor, it's a great term. Right. Just what a jackass. <laughs> During the dot-com boom, a company called Regis became a stock market darling by offering similar but much blander flexible office spaces. In 2000, Fast Company published a story about Regis titled, quote, The Office of the Future, highlighting its efforts to bring, quote, community to the workplace. But the bubble burst and Regis went bankrupt. The company recovered and rebranded as IWG, but its existence presents another conundrum for WeWork. IWG currently has roughly 3,000 locations and 2.5 million customers worldwide, numbers that dwarf WeWorks. Wow. IWG is profitable and now has a hipper, more WeWorkish offering. It is publicly traded and worth around $3 billion. Right. That's great. Yeah. It's, again, like what we said in the first episode, underneath all of this is a viable business. Totally. Like, it's, this is a genuinely, like, this is a genuinely functioning business. Right. If you run your, that business model in a way that's not totally illegal, you can make a, great amount of money right if you are not if if you're not an insane cult leader <laughs> yeah yeah three billion dollars that's huge yeah no that's crazy everyone in real estate expects the kind of flexible office space we work offers to become an increasingly large part of their world and many of the company's rivals are grateful to newman for preaching the gospel of co-working and shorter term leases even people critical of WeWork's culture or skeptical of its focus on hypergrowth will say it likely it will likely remain a force in commercial real estate but many too have begun to wonder what can explain the 44 billion dollars in valuation difference between WeWork and IWG huh let's get into that in a financial disclosure last year when it was in the process of losing 1.9 billion dollars to fund its growth WeWork acknowledged quote we have a history of losses <laughs> And we may be unable to achieve the profitability at a company level. <laughs> we may not be sustainable as a business. <laughs> yeah, you know how I sold you that car? Well, it may be less a car and more like a small red wagon tied to a Wolverine. <laughs> Like, maybe, no guarantees. I'm just saying, like... 
That's not something you say maybe. We have a history of selling people wagons that are actually tied to Wolverines and saying that they were cars. Just don't be dis. Please don't be mad. <laughs> you can't just drop that as like a possibility. It's like right. either you do or you don't. Right. Either it's a car or a wagon and a raccoon. It is There's a, no middle ground. It is a number that has to by law be public. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, it is either above or below zero. Yeah. <sighs> it also published a, a financial metric it called quote community adjusted EBI TDA, Earnings Before Interest, Tax Depreciation, and Amortization, which is an accountant-approved way of measuring a company's performance. That excluded many costs, like marketing, construction, design, that WeWork claimed would disappear once it reached maturity. How? Like, <laughs> we will, well, once we get profitable enough, we won't pay for things anymore. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's kind of backwards logic. It's just wrong. Yeah. Like, oh, once we're popular enough, we... It's like, once we've grown enough, we'll stop having to pay for construction, marketing, and design. It's like, isn't that the point of being profitable, so you can pay for more things? Right, so that you can continue growing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. In an attempt to show that it could make a healthy profit, semicolon, the Financial Times dubbed WeWork's doctored version, quote, perhaps the most infamous financial metric of a generation. WeWork's employees told me that they would be happy if the company were worth half of what SoftBank said it was going to be. Quote, even if it goes down to five billion, Adam's still worth a billion dollars, one rival said, expressing concern about the perverse incentives of the modern economy. <laughs> Quote, so from an objective perspective, was it a mistake to take this <laughs> hemorrhage-inducing risk? <laughs> you could argue that it was the rational mode. You could. I. You could argue that. <laughs> you could argue anything. <laughs> Judging from your tone, I don't think that's how this is going to play out. <laughs> you know, maybe it was. Maybe it was the rational decision to get stabbed in the ribs and start bleeding profusely. It's like maybe, but I don't think so. <laughs> but you don't look so good. But just, it's a testament to Adam Nyman's skill as like like skill as a charmer yeah that he can say shit like you idiot i plan to get stabbed <laughs> in the ribs financially and bleed money this entire time it's like the the oogie loves guy like <laughs> it was the whole the whole plan was to bomb at the box office. it was never moron. about the box office <laughs> sales i planned every step of this failure so i could rise from the ashes even stronger Back in his office, Newman remained upbeat. Quote, before you ask, let's set an intention, Newman told me before, after a WeWork spokesperson said I had time for one more question. Quote, ask a question that has an opportunity to give something to your readers that I could make them grow. He, Sounds this like is, a threat. This, right? Yeah. This is what he is demanding of the journalist. <laughs> you can only ask a question that gives your readers the opportunity to grow. What does that mean, Adam? So how do my readers grow, Adam? That's the question. <laughs> he, he's like he's like a Silicon Valley dickwad startup version of like a goblin that tells riddles. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is a bad combination. Not a person I'd want to spend a lot of time with. Right. He's he's like some he's like some weird little fairy creature that speaks yeah. only in like. <laughs> 
speaks only in these weird obfuscations of the truth because he's trying to steal your name or something. I told Newman I told Newman I had read a comment of his from 2016 in which he said that he would he was ultimately working towards the creation of a we world with the with the various parts of his company forming a broader ecosystem that people would have little reason to leave. You mean no chance to leave. That's very scary, Adam. Yeah. I you asked mean, well, no chance to escape. <laughs> Uh, I asked if that was his, if I asked if that was still his goal and whether there wasn't something potentially problematic with that idea. <laughs> Quote, it's a good question. So you did very well. Newman said, Quote, I don't think we could have single. I don't think we could single handedly change the world. I think we can build an organization that can be a catalyst to affecting long-term measurable change instead of thinking of it as a we world. Let's just think of powered by we and only powered by we for the things that we want it think of it as what we internally call a we os an operating system that makes work better living better which is not less scary than a we world that's much worse (laughs) it's much more threatening adam adam your scary riddles are not helping your journalistic (laughs) integrity here Ah, good question. <laughs> you ah. have done well. <laughs> if you answer my riddles three, I will give you this magical ring. What is your name? What is your quest? Have you operationalized love? <laughs> what? Ah! Adam, what are you talking all right, this next bit is from uh, an article on The Verge by Elizabeth Lopato. Uh, the title of this article is WeWork Isn't a Company, It's a Soap Opera. <laughs> this is going to act as a good, like, good little recap for yeah. every all the, all the things that we found so far. Yeah. <clears throat> on August 14th, the We Company, the company formerly known as WeWork, filled its mandatory S1 paperwork to go public. It is worth reading in full. I mean, forget the serious stuff for a moment. The thing begins with an epigram. Quote, we dedicate this to the energy of we, greater than any one of us, but inside all of us. It sounds like a prayer. Understand this. Okay. I had to do a ton of research to figure out what all of this meant. Yeah. So, if you've got a company and it's six and you think it's successful enough that you want to go public with it. You want to turn it into an IPO. You want to put it on the stock market. Let people start trading it so that you can get investors and start making money, like exponentially make more money with your growth. So to do that, you have to file this thing called an S1. What an S1 is, is it's a meticulous legal documentation of what your company is, Mm -hmm. how it works, why it's profitable, and essentially why the FTC should let you on the global stock market, right? right. It's, this is basically your application to join the big boys club. Right. This is an extremely serious piece of documentation. Right. Because if you get, if you get rejected, it's, ex- it's like, one, it's expensive, and a lot of people stake their company's, like their company's future on going public. Mm. Like, once you hit that those profit margins, if you can't go public, you tank as a company. Yeah, it's considered a failure. Yeah. 
Um, Adam Newman started his S1 paperwork with a short poem. That's insane. In praise of his own yes. ideals. He, he composed a short poem to himself. <laughs> and this is the first thing on his S1. <laughs> that the FTC is going to read. Yes. That this And this is a deadly serious <laughs> yeah. piece of... It's like... Like... If the FTC lets the wrong company on the on the stock market, it could crash the global economy. Right. You don't fuck around with this. Yeah, no. He start he wrote a short poem. <laughs> this is not a whimsical document, Adam. In praise of we. <sighs> the energy of we. I get it from a branding perspective. They're literally calling themselves the We Company. But you know, normal people would just say our energy. <laughs> I tease Silicon Valley's tech companies a lot, but New York easily matches them in ego. Look at these kids, literally bending the English English language to their will. <laughs> anyway, please join me on an annotated trip through my favorite parts of this mandatory filing. What a great, like, writer. Like, what a great attitude towards this. Right. This is, like, the, the first part of this episode was from a more serious, like, a more serious analysis. Yeah. This... Like, this article was the tone of most of the stuff I read about right. WeWork, of people just sort of... <laughs> most articles about WeWork are written from the perspective of, like, you and your buddies are hanging out at a bar, and you're watching a guy simultaneously try to hit on a hit on a chick and not shit his pants. Yeah. It's like, you're just sort of watching him, like... Oh, this is great. <laughs> like, like, you can tell he's, like, sweating. <laughs> and, like, he kind of doubled over a little bit. And you can tell that he's, like... He's just trying to, like... He's just trying to get those digits before he shits himself. <laughs> just trying to break even. Right. Like, oh, that's kind of cute. Right, it's like, man, you go, bud. Yeah. But this is not, like... This, is, this will end well for no one. Yeah. <laughs> work, we work... Excuse me. The We Company is primarily a landlord for freelancers and companies. You pay rent on your desk or whatever, and then you don't have to work in the same place you live. There are also conference rooms. And yet the word, quote, technology appears 110 times in the S1. What technology? L literally, what technology? You have a website? <laughs> <sighs> Quote, we provide our members with flexible access to beautiful spaces, a culture of inclusivity, and the and the energy of an inspired community, all connected by our extensive technology infrastructure. The Wii Company tells us. <laughs> the Wii Company tells us. But I'm having the damnedest time figuring out what the, quote, extensive technology infrastructure <laughs> is. Does this just mean Wi-Fi? Is it neon lights? Is it lasers? Now, when it says lasers in this article, that's a link, right? Right. It's a link to a, a short article about a WeWork space that has like a laser disco ball in the middle of one of their big communal spaces, yeah. which is the most fucking distracting thing ever. <laughs> Try to work with a laser disco ball. There's this ball. enormous sphere of laser beams just like, like shining on your computer while yes, you're trying to type I'm not, it Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And they're not, they're not like laser pointers, it's like visible UV light. It's like a, a solid beam sweeping across this room. Uh, it's true that the Wii company hires a lot of engineers, product designers, and so on, but, like, what major company doesn't? 
That's right. the standard by which one company considers a tech company. J.P. Right. Morgan Chase is one of the biggest and most important tech companies on Earth. I'm just going to drop the Wii Company's organization chart here because it honestly leaves me speechless. And so, this is an this is a podcast. It's an audio medium. Yeah. I please find this article and look at this chart. Yeah, we'll link it. Yeah. So at the top is the Wii Company, and then it's flanked by existing investors and investors in this offering. Below it is the We Company MC LLC. Below that is the We Company Partnership, but that's a triangle. Right. Below that is We Work Companies LLC. That's a circle. Below that is the Asian Joint Ventures, the wholly owned operations, and the global real estate acquisition and management platform. None of this describes anything about what We Work does or how it works yeah. or how it is organized. Right. It's just there's like lines connecting <laughs> random parts. Like it's just like. Adam Newman is like just like messing around with Adobe Illustrator or something. It's the like the serious underlying thing about this chart is that it like it betrays the fact that WeWork actually doesn't have an underlying structure. It's essentially run it's essentially run like a Stalinist regime. It's right. like Adam Newman and his inner circle have complete and utter say like on everything that the company does yeah. and then everyone below him has minor clerical roles but they are wholly subservient to his will right. there is no organizational structure here yeah, it's basically just at it's Adam Newman his like his like wife and college buddies and then this enormous network of like fairly ordinary office hierarchies that all answer solely to him right which he can change at any moment Oh god, this is great. Adam is a risk factor. Seriously, check the risk factors section. Quote, Adam will have the ability to control the outcome of matters submitted to our stockholders for approval, including the election of our directors. As a founder-led company, we believe that this voting structure aligns our interests in creating stockholder value. Well, it creates ad value for Adam, anyhow. Yeah. That it, like... A mandatory part of your S-1 filing is risk factors. You have to yeah. talk about, like, the potential places where your company could fail. The first fucking thing in the risk factor section is Adam Newman. <laughs> like, yeah. he, ha he had to admit on paper that he was a liability. <laughs> like, but this, this demand of, like, having the ability to, con to elect the board of directors is that's batshit no one would agree to this no no investor would ever agree to that no that is insane no one would want to be involved in a company where that could happen no 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 <laughs> it's because basically what that means is that the board of like the whole point of a board of directors is like it's basically the the people who have invested the top 10 or whatever amount of money in the company get a say in the decisions that the company makes, right. right? It's like you want to make sure that your money is being used well, right? wisely. Yeah. Yeah. Someone like Adam is not tanking yeah. the company. Specifically so people like Adam Newman don't do stupid shit like ban all of their employees from <laughs> eating meat. Right. Like... Yeah. But... God. Yeah, specific, like, it's specifically to keep Adam Newman, people like Adam Newman from 
doing things like everything that Adam Newman has done, and he is essentially demanding yeah. that um, he can fire you at any time. Yeah. Which defeats the whole purpose. Defeats the entire purpose. Right. Adam Newman bought buildings that he had then leased to WeWork, the Wall Street Journal reported in January. Adam had made millions on the deals. In May, he said he would sell the properties that WeWork leases to real estate investment unit run by WeWork and funded by outside investors, the Wall Street Journal reported. Those out, those um, outside investors were uh, the Saudi Arabian government and several large foreign investment firms that were looking for a money laundering scheme. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. The investment vehicle, called ARC, will manage Adams Holdings in 10 commercial properties. The IPO form says four of those properties are leased by WeWork. He, okay, just please, like, it took me, like, it took me, like, two hours of research into yeah. a lot of financial stuff to actually figure out why this is crazy. What he has just done is admitting, he, he is, what he has essentially just done there is he had, he has admitted to breaking the law, like, to obviously and blatantly breaking one of yeah. the most basic tenets of financial law in his S1 <laughs> filing. Like, he, his S1 filing is like, it's basically saying, like, I am an insane man-child that has final say over everything, including my bosses, yeah. and I am constantly breaking the law. <laughs> like... That's where you don't talk about... That's the place where you don't talk about that stuff. Right. It's like, he didn't have to say this. Yeah. Like, it's like, yes, you have to mention your holdings, but it's like, you're, you're supposed to, like, layer it so that people don't know that you own the investment right. firm. Yeah. You're supposed to, like... You're supposed to have it done through a shell company, but it's like, no, he mentions on his S1 that he owns the investment <laughs> firm that... Like, he owns the investment firm that he sells his own property to. That's so fucking illegal. Yeah, so it's just the arrogance of him. Like, I can't, like, I cannot be stopped. I can do whatever. I don't think it's arrogance. I, I legitimately think he does not realize that it's illegal. Right. Like, it... Like, I, I'm having a hard time getting across how crazy this is. Yeah. This is like... This is like writing a job application to being a cop and talking about how you have a successful money laundering scheme yeah. like selling like selling heroin on the side yeah. like and you write that in the application it's like you can't do that right. it's like why would you do that it's it's baffling the s1 form notes that adam quote currently has a line of credit of up to 500 million with us with ubs ag stanford branch jp morgan chase branch na and credit suisse ag new york branch the new york branch of which approximately holds 3.8 million dollars principal or no 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 i read that wrong 380 million dollars principal amount which was outstanding as of July 31st 2019 that loan is secured by some of the we company's shares and okay what that means is that basically the s1 form revealed that like okay adam himself is valued at around you know a billion dollars like that's what everyone said it's like oh adam himself is worth like a billion dollars yeah what this says the fact that he's like what this means is that half of that is like he is deeply in debt it's like <laughs> right. like he 
$500 million in personal debt to four of the large, like, four of these enormous international banks. Which is insane. That is insane. <laughs> like, uh, like, it's like, I have a billion dollars, but it's like, if half of that is debt, you don't have a billion dollars. Right, literally. That's how like, debt works. Right, no, it's... <laughs> that means you have zero dollars. No, that, that <laughs> if, if you say that you're worth a billion dollars, and then you're actually in the whole 500 million dollars, you have zero dollars. Yeah, like <laughs> it's a net zero. <laughs> right, that, but that's even too far, because it assumes that Adam Nyman actually has half a billion dollars yeah. to pay off that debt, right. which if you're in debt for $500 million, you don't have $500 million to pay off that debt because yeah. then you wouldn't be in debt. Right. Like, <sighs> it's all theoretical money. <laughs> I mean, we can get, we could go off on a huge tangent about how like all of, all of this stock market bullshit is basically just, it's like a combination of high stakes craps and astrology for rich white men. Yeah. Like it's, it's all fake. None of it means anything. Right. It's just rich idiots playing. It's just rich idiots playing with this theoretical money that they have. Yeah. <sighs> but just think about this. It's like, so the WeWork, the We Corporation was like the darling of the stock market. Yeah. For like two years. Right. To the point where people like the Saudi Arabian government and yeah. these enormous like international investment firms felt comfortable dropping like twenty billion dollars on the company. Yeah. Which is. More than, like, any investment firm has dumped on a company, like, it, it's more than any investment firm has dumped on a startup ever, right? This was considered, like, the startup of startups. You are so excited to invest in the Wii Corporation yeah. because Adam Newman is just so competent and good. And then you see this document where yeah. it's, like, actually, he's, like, in debt with several loan sharks and like has these insane demands that he can fire you at any time and do whatever he wants and act and he's he is openly admitting in paperwork he's submitting to the FTC that he's breaking federal <laughs> trade laws like he like just like imagine like imagine being Masayoshi like yeah. the, the the Japanese guy that invested all that wanted to invest all this money right. imagine reading this S1 filing and being like, like looking at it like oh fuck <laughs> As the Wii company got larger, the board of directors decided to give Adam reason to do an IPO. Adam is also $97.4 million in the hole to JP Morgan Chase. So that's an, there's, a, there's another $100 million that you're yeah. in the hole. Acro quote, across a variety of lending products, including mortgages secured by personal property. So he's $100 million, he's $100 million in debt outside of the Wii Corporation. Right, yeah. His right? personal This expenses. is, like, just outside all of this bullshit that he's doing. Yeah. He's, he's $100 million in debt personally. Like, yeah. just him. <sighs> Though those lending products aren't secured with the Wii Company shares. Incidentally, J.P. Morgan Chase is one of the underwriters of the Wii Company IPO. Others include Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, Citigroup, and the Barclays. The IPO may be worth more than 100 122 million dollars in fees according to Bloomberg. So that's why these investment companies are like staying invested in Adam Newman is because basically they know he's going to fuck up. Yeah. Like they know that this is all going to completely fucking tank right. and they're going to be owed 
um, several million dollars in debt. Right. Well, that's what happened with um, Toys R Us. Yeah. And so the, these banks are basically just sitting around like, oh yeah, Adam, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll give you, I'll give you sure. 122 million dollars. Here you go. Yeah. Boy, those are some, uh, those are some nice real estate assets you've got there. <laughs> Just like circling. Yeah, it'd be be a real shame if anything happened to that like beautiful set of real estate assets you own in like Times Square or whatever. This led to the $362.1 million loan Adam got in April from the Wii Company to exercise his stock options. Adam repaid the loan this month by giving his shares back. Following the settlement of this loan, the company issued to Adam the number of profits, interest, Profits interests equal to the number of shares surrendered by Adam in settlement of the loan. So I am not totally sure if I follow this sentence, honestly, but it seems like Bloomberg's Shira Ovide did. And here's how she describes it. Quote, Newman swapped out a portion of those options the company valued at more than 360 million in a complicated transaction with the company that gave him a financial instrument tied to future WeWork profits. Basically, he did some financial juggling with these stock options and figured out a way to figured out a way to settle this lawsuit without losing any actual money. Right? <laughs> it's like he he it's like basically he traded he traded stock options for like a chunk like a finite chunk of future company profits. Mm. But the difference here is that like all he's promising is like $360 million worth of potential company profits valued now. Mm. And so if the company tanks, he doesn't have to pay. Right. right. <laughs> smart. Smart. You are a smart guy. <laughs> smart boy. Smart boy. <laughs> Which like, this is like the only smart thing that Adam Newman ever does. He is extremely good at weaseling his way out yeah. of like out of these loan sharks yeah uh there are okay there are 10 pages of the filing that are just disclosures about adam <laughs> adam spread the financial love to his wider family too from the filing one of adam's immediate family members hosted eight events relating to our creator award ceremonies in 2018 for which she was paid an aggregate of less than two hundred thousand dollars Another one of Adam's immediate family members has been employed as head of the company's wellness offering since 2017, and he receives less than $200,000 per year for acting in this capacity. So, so the reason that that number less than 200000 is important is that it means that, like, they're not being paid in, an ex in a specific executive role right like it's it's basically a tax a tax dodge from keeping them from being listed as employees pretty much which is super which is not only super sketchy yeah. but it's like they have titles within the company yeah it's like it's like they have titles within the company right yeah so if you're an investor in the we corporation and you look at this document and it's like oh so adam is very sketchily employing all of his family members and not putting them on the tax documentation. Yeah. Um, but they, they have actual roles within the company that the, the S1 filing then fails to describe. Good. Ugh. In total, Shira Ovide at Bloomberg points out, there are 10 pages worth of the filing that are just disclosures about Adam. 
So what about Rebecca, Adam's wife? <laughs> Rebecca, Rebecca, Adam's, quote, strategic thought partner. <laughs> strategic T-H-O-T right, partner. Right, <laughs> strategic thought partner. It's like... Yeah, okay, uh, go, go up to your girlfriend and start calling her your strategic thought partner. This is his wife. <laughs> Just call her your wife. Right, but no, he has to... Like, again with this we his weird, like, gnome riddles. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's not my wife, she's my strategic thought partner. Uh, so... Adam's strategic thought partner appears significantly less often. As I mentioned, he's never she's never received a salary. She also kicked up a fuss in September of 2018 by making some pretty weird comments about what women are supposed to do, according to CNBC. Quote, A big part of being a woman is to help men like Adam manifest their calling in life. That's... That's a quote from The Handmaid's Tale. Seriously? That's not, yeah, that's it's not like, real. That's not... That's not real! No! There were so there were so many points during doing this research where I had to like find secondary sources. Yeah. Because like not because I wanted to be like a well-researched podcast. Right. It's because I literally did not believe that this actually happened. <laughs> like it's just like in in 2018 or 2019 to say that that women's primary purpose is to help men achieve their potential and or to whatever. Say, and to say that about Adam fucking Nyman. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. On CNBC. Right. It's like you... It wasn't an offhand comment. That was like a public statement that she wants to be associated with her name. Right. Right. Like... Like... I would say I would say that about like Idris Elba, yeah, like <laughs> right. because that's somebody who deserves to have all of his dreams fulfilled. Yeah, right. <laughs> Adam Nyman is a stinky little goblin baby, yeah. like, right, who has caused an enormous amount of human suffering. <laughs> <sighs> Help us! Oh God. <laughs> the article continues. This is a dim view of marriage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only one partner can, quote, manifest their calling in life, while the Wii Company walked back those comments, sort of, by adding more context. Oh. What we were missing was context. Right. It didn't help because the context is, quote, the reality that I see today is that there's nothing bigger that women can do, in my opinion, than empower their partners. And that can be a man, a woman, a friend. It doesn't matter. But empower others. But what if there are two women in relationship? Who will they empower? <laughs> if they are both empowering each other, but they can't empower themselves. Lesbians have no weaknesses. Yeah. It's there just it's go. just a constant feedback loop where they gain power endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> they just continue. They just wake up in the morning and just start charging up like super saiyans. It becomes like a. Sheen's brain and Jimmy Neutron, their heads are like enormous and they start floating and they can use telekinesis. <laughs> oh god, what happened to you? And they speak at the same time, we empowered our partners. <laughs> it's like when you have those like those like voice apps that like take what you say and like speed it up, but you put two of them next to each other. <laughs> so it just becomes like pitches yeah. only dogs can hear and like ping-ponging back and forth. But and, it, eh. <laughs> but it's but it's that with like being a CEO. Yeah. <laughs> what is that what you're implying, Rebecca Newman? 
Oh, God. Is that what you're applying? If we at the We Corporation love our lesbian overmind. <laughs> <laughs> There's just these two hovering masses of, like, brains with eyes on them that are like, we have to invest in real estate. <laughs> Lord in heaven. Uh, God our father. Uh, <sighs> so remember how we said that Rebecca had never really had never paid uh, was never paid a salary Yeah. so uh, the S1 document came out at the Wee Company Rebecca is the CEO of WeGrow the school Yeah. at Cornell University she majored in business and has also studied Buddhism actually I'm, actually I'm just going to quote her biography on WeGrow quote Rebecca has traveled the world, apprenticing and studying under many master students, such as His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Mother Nature herself, and is committed to creating an educational community that fosters growth in humans' minds, bodies, and souls, elevating the collective consciousness of the world. With lessons such as coding. With <laughs> You're going to learn Python and you're going to reach Nirvana, eight-year-old child. Okay. <laughs> I need a pee. <laughs> Code faster. Oh God! I just love. It's like, yeah, I studied with the Dalai Lama. No, you fucking didn't. <laughs> you fucking liar. I studied with such teachers as the Dalai Lama and as Mother Nature. Mother Nature herself. It's like, no, you just like. You went outside and sat under a tree. Right. You you smoked some weed in Nepal or something. <laughs> And you've probably said something racially insensitive to the Sherpas or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm communing so much with Mother Nature right now. Like, fuck you. I'm gonna elevate the collective consciousness of the world by teaching rich children how to code. Uh, she even attended the Dalai Lama's birthday party, according to a 2016 Fast Company profile. Quote, we didn't have a lot... We don't have a line at all between work and life, she told Fast Company. It's not even a blurred line. There is no line. <laughs> Which, like... That, that doesn't sound healthy. What? And what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, and what does that have to do with the Dalai Lama's birthday? Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think is the Dalai Lama, right <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is my friend, the Dalai Lama. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's just like this is my friend the Dalai Lama and it's like some black guy or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> she like misheard his name once. Right? It's just some dude just some dude named Chad or whatever. Yeah. It's like how how do you think that that's the Dalai uh whatever. Whatever, Rebecca. You do your thing. You're like wait, Rebecca, who do you think the Dalai Lama is? And she's like there is no life between my work and, <laughs> and my life. Rebecca, uh, with your finger, point to who you think the Dalai Lama is. Like, and then she, she's, she's like gesturing wildly, <laughs> like spinning around in a well, circle. While saying something like, clocks can hear you dream. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, Rebecca. Are you okay? It's like, I eat seven books for breakfast every day. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, sound like you know what you're talking about. Since Rebecca is the one in charge of branding, like, okay, Rebecca's in charge of branding. Uh -oh. Just that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I presume the following sentence from the S1 is her doing. Quote, we are a community company committed to maximum global impact. Our mission is to elevate the world's consciousness. 
I love that because it sounds like it sounds like a special attack in Final Fantasy. Like <laughs> maximum maximum global impact. And it like crashes the moon into the dragon you're fighting or something. <laughs> oh, I'm getting lightheaded. <laughs> I've been lightheaded since we started. Uh, I blame SoftBank for all this. Okay, okay. So we know that the Wii Company, hilarious as it is, is definitely not a tech company. Yeah. So why does it have sky-high evaluation? The answer appears 51 times in the S1. SoftBank. Yeah. SoftBank, its vision fund, and its CEO and founder Masayoshi Son have loomed over the tech industry with investments in Slack, Uber, and GM Cruise. SoftBank's strategy has been to put enormous sums its smallest deals are a hundred million dollars or so, and its biggest are in the billions into the most successful tech startups in any given category. Sarah McBride, Selena Wang, and Peter Elstrom wrote in Bloomberg last year. In that article, an anonymous Silicon Valley partner calls SoftBank a, quote, big stack bully, which is a poker expression for somebody who has so many chips that no one else will bet. If you're reading this anonymous source, please drop me a line. You sound fun. <laughs> the, investments, the investments made by SoftBank are huge and often push the companies SoftBank has invested in past their competition in both valuation and scale. Right. So it's basically like, this was Uber's model, mm -hmm. right? Basically just grow so fast that no one can compete. Yeah. So this company, the Wii Company, used to be called WeWork, but it changed its name. The new name was owned, uh, Bloomberg's Ellen Hewitt reports, by the Wii Holdings LLC. So WeWork paid $5.9 to acquire Wii and changed its name last month. Wii Holdings, you guessed it, manages stocks and assets owned by WeWork's founders. <laughs> I cannot wait to see what the SEC has to say about loaning your founder CEO and controlling shareholder money while also paying him rent. That's quite the loop. Yeah, me too. You know, I cannot wait to see what the SEC has to say I about can't. all this. I hope we find out. Uh, I tell you what, this has absolutely elevated my consciousness. <laughs> For instance, the average initial term of the Wii Company's leases is 15 years. The company will pay 47.2 billion minimum on the leases it has already signed as of June 30th, and it's still trying to grow. Right. I don't know, friends. I just don't know. I have never seen anything like this, and I cannot wait to see what the SEC has to say. This is to say nothing of who got paid by the name change or any of the rest of it. Quote, as an investor, why would you be willing to put your confidence in this structure? Charles Elson, a corporate governance professor at the University of Delaware, told Bloomberg. This is a professor of, yeah. of like, business and corporate governments saying, as an investor, why would you be willing to put your confidence in this structure? Which is honestly giving WeWork too much credit. Yeah. There is no structure. Right, yeah. it's, why, would you, why would you be willing to put your confidence in Adam Newman? Yeah. <laughs> right. I love this article. I love chaos, and I am now very interested in the Wii Company. <laughs> Which perfectly describes yeah. that. Yeah. 
This company is heavily dependent on one guy, Adam, who seems to have a propensity for absolutely incredible deal structures. I am very excited to find out who will pony up for shares. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> <sighs> so how did Adam solve this, right? What, what's, what was Adam's big ol' harebrained scheme to get out of all of this, like, blatant disregard for financial law, enormous amount of crushing debt, both personal and public? Right. All of the all of the criticisms criticisms of his company's investment structures and nigh constant torrent of internal struggle struggles and uh, scandals. I don't know. What did what did he do? I don't know. For those of you who are wondering what in the hell is going on, welcome. <laughs> the brief version of events is that the We Company, the company formerly known as WeWork, was about to go public and put out a bunch of paperwork. That paperwork revealed all in one place the following things, that Newman was renting his own buildings to the Wee Company, that Newman had secured loans from the Wee Company, and that to change its name to the Wee Company from WeWork, the company made paid for naming rights from Adam Newman. It's kind of, it's kind of started to feel like the point of the Wee Company, the point of the Wee Company's lofty language about elevating one's consciousness aside, was just to give Adam Newman money. Yeah. Yeah. More money. Nail on the head there. (laughs) And that's all before we even get to the uh, unusual behavior, as chronicled by the Wall Street Journal. Newman's peccadilloes included smoking weed on a private jet to Israel from the U.S., freaking out the plane's owner, firing 7% of his staff, and then binging bringing in Daryl McDaniels, better known as DMC of Run DMC, and drinking tequila with the remaining employees, and flying senior employees to a sing- to a summer camp where he riffed about solving problems of orphans and eradicating world hunger. So, he fired 7% of his global workforce... And the man for the job was DMC. (laughs) Man, we get DMC in on this. Just get DMC in a bottle of tequila. We'll have this thing banged out by morning. I just... It's just whatever whim pops into his head is is just acted upon. But honestly, it's like if I was DMC and Adam Newman asked me to hang out, I would do it in a heartbeat. Of course, yeah. (laughs) Right. This summer, WeWork was expected to have one of the highest profile IPOs ever. But then it filed its S1 paperwork, and everything came crashing down. (laughs) The S1 itself was a trip. It began with the phrase, We dedicate this to the energy of we, revealed the myriad of ways its own CEO, Adam Newman, was a risk factor, and outlined a secession plan that, if anything happened to Newman, let his wife or a family trustee pick the new CEO. (laughs) The IPO collapsed shortly after. Yeah. Then, a wild profile of Newman came out, with a story of how he once... A story of how he once brought a cereal box full of weed on a private jet to Israel under continued criticism. Newman eventually quit and walked away with nearly $1.7 billion as part of a buyout from SoftBank, which has since taken over majority ownership of WeWork. 
This all happened in a little over two months. So now, from when the document was put out to yes. him leaving the company. The, the value of WeWork dropped from $40 billion to just under 1.7. That That is an ins... Like... That, that is 95.5% losses. Like, it's, it is insane. I mean, given the, the whole, like, trajectory of this story, like, I'm still surprised, like, how, like, abrupt that was. Yeah. Like, like, oh, like, we knew it was going to crash, but, like... Yeah, it, no, it's it, like, it <laughs> it, this, this IPO filing, it wasn't... It was, it was like, you snapped your fingers. It was literally yeah. like somebody took an axe and just neatly chopped Adam Newman's <laughs> knees off. Just, fuck, done. <sighs> now SoftBank is trying to pick up the pieces of WeWork and move forward. And it could be a difficult road ahead. Yeah. Follow all of the news and updates on 2019's soap opera of a company right here. So... This is this next bit is from an article for Vox by Randy Moala. Uh, it's called "The Head of a Pin." How are we doing now? So in November, Marcelo Clure, who was appointed executive chairman after founder and former CEO Adam Newman was pushed out, outlined a six-point path to profitability that included expanding geographically in a quote smart and profitable way. After its largest investor, SoftBank, bailed out the company in October. Uh, Clore told nervous employees that he planned to focus on the company's, quote, core business of office rentals rather than WeWork's many side projects, yeah. like its school and its wave pool business. What? Yeah. Of course. Uh, Why am I even forgetting? Uh, yeah, whatever. Forget it. Sure. At least it's better than baby clothes with knee pads. <laughs> Crawlers. Yeah, wave pools are fun. The information reported last month that WeWork was secretly trying to get out numerous office lease deals. Uh, the company's occupancy rate, or how fully rented its locations are, declined to 79% on average in the third quarter of 2019, down from 84% a year earlier, thanks to the opening of new buildings. Mm. Newer locations are fundamentally less profi profitable than existing ones. When WeWork takes on a new lease, it has to spend money updating the space and advertising to its tenants. Yeah. It also takes time to fill the space with tenants, meaning the company has to survive in the meantime off less revenue than from a mature location. Yeah. Additionally, Leonard explained that the longer WeWork has held a lease, the more likely it's making money off of it, because the rent tends to be less expensive in the past, but the company is charging today's prices on its customers, right? So it's yeah. just like stock market is slowly chugging upwards. Yeah. So the longer you hold a lease, the more valuable it is. Right. Right. The flip of that is true in an economic downturn. If they sign a lease with 2019 rent, and 2019 turns out to be the top of the market, then we have a recession in 2020 or 2021, and the rent goes down, like short-term tenants are going to have that benefit of cheaper rent, Leonard said. Meanwhile, WeWork will be obligated to pay the peak rent, mm. right? So this whole business is extremely susceptible to fluctuations in the market. Right. Still, real estate experts believe demand for co-working spaces will continue to grow in the event of a recession, thinking that while a recession will cause some companies to downsize or give up their co-working spaces, other companies will downsize into co-working spaces. Right. Regardless, a downturn will be painful and a test of WeWork and other co-working companies' business models. 
So this is from uh, Gabriel Sherman for Vanity Fair. Adam Newman reimagined the, the millennial workplace as a capitalist kibbutz, and so dazzled Wall Street, and so dazzled was Wall Street that his company was valued at forty-seven billion. He spent lavishly and pressed forward even as the narrative of the unicorn was ending, says the executive. Now, after the collapse, he said to talk of himself as a martyr. Of course. WeWork's failed IPO vaporized as much as $40 billion worth of shareholder value in two months. A unicorn extinction event, <laughs> at least in the near term. It was comparable to the end of tulipomania, which is something we have to talk about on this podcast. Yeah, have you ever heard of that? It sounds familiar, but I have no idea. It what was it, is. it was this event like, like it was this event like right when capitalism was beginning as a concept. Yeah, of like people people in like I think it was, I think it was the Dutch or something that were like breeding all these fancy kinds of tulips. Yeah, for the tulips. And there are. was this all. It was like it was basically the first speculation bubble. Mm. Like there was all of this speculation bubble. There was all the speculation into like how valuable these tulips are going to be. Right. And then the market crashed and it destroyed the Dutch economy. <laughs> Those who are losing the most are WeWork's beleaguered staff, many of whom had small equity stakes. They believed deeply in Newman, worked insane hours, and bought in fully to WeWork's dream. Quote, they pushed the narrative that this is your family and that you're supposed to spend a lot of time with them. It was, some, it was somewhat incestuous. <laughs> It was like we were at war together, a former staffer said. The company's IPO, the blessed liquidity event, was part of their faith, built into their worldview. Now, thousands may lose their jobs, and any equity is a distant dream. It's hard to overstate their fury at Newman, who's walking away a billionaire. Recently, the New York Times reported a group of WeWork's employees circulated an open letter calling Newman's payout a graft. This company was designed and managed to make a handful of people ungodly wealthy at the expense of everyone, a former executive told me. Right. A Wall Street, too, deserves blame. He, he's told people just last spring, bankers from Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, and J.P. Morgan were throwing themselves at him, trying to secure WeWork's IPO and the estimated $100 million in fees it would generate. Newman tells People bankers told him that WeWork could be worth $90 billion. It wasn't strictly Newman's fault that investors no longer had the appetite for money-burning startups like Uber and Slack. Yeah. WeWork's botched S1 is Wall Street's fault, he told People. Why didn't the bankers and lawyers warn Newman that the disclosures he put in the S1 would, spank, would spark an investor backlash, he asks his friends. Having once been a prophet, he now speaks of himself as a martyr people close to him say just think about that he's telling his friends like why didn't these bankers tell me that I shouldn't have put all this shit in the S1 it's really their fault like Adam you wrote the S1 yeah. it's your response it's your fucking company it's your S1 right. it's your job to know how this shit works but the other half of that is that like the true irony here is that Adam was being truthful yeah. He wasn't lying yeah. about he's like, well, man, I didn't know you guys would get mad about this. Yeah. It's like if you guys were if you guys would get mad about this, I wouldn't have put anything in. It's like, <laughs> but Adam, all you did was like accurately describe your company. Yeah. <laughs> right. At least you did that. 
at least some justice was served after that. But just the fact that he's like, this is all your fault. You yeah. guys fucking suck. I'm, it's like, it's like, bitch, you got $1.7 billion out of this deal. Yeah. Fuck you. But he probably wants to kill himself because he doesn't have $100 billion. I, I don't even know, like... Come to think of it, though, it's like Adam Newman is totally a narcissist. Yeah. So it's like, this could be... Like, this could totally be, like, a man-baby rage type yeah. thing. Like... And in my mind, Adam Newman is the kind of guy who, like, goes to an Eyes Wide Shut party to cool off or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like... Yeah, it's like, it literally is not about the money, because he hasn't had to worry about money for so long. It's about, he sees himself that he lost this battle. Yeah. And that's it, why it's, he's angry. It's like an ego thing to him. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, if you were rich back in, like... Actually, if you were rich back in, like, 1900... Yeah. You still had to, like... Like, Henry Ford still had to see poor people. Right. Like, if you wanted to travel from place to place, you had to, like... You had to, like, take a train. You had to, like, walk around on the street. Yeah. You know, you you had people doing shit for you. You had to, like... You, you had to... You could go into shops and shit. You, you saw poor people. You right. saw poverty. You know it exists. Right. It's... But not not just you know it exists, right? It's like, yes, you can read about it in papers, but right. you can see it. You can see the poor people. Right. Adam Newman and a lot of rich people like him, I legitimately believe that Adam Newman has never seen a poor person. Right. He, like, his conception of poverty is non-existent. Yeah. He, like, like he is so fundamentally disconnected from the world right. that it's like any perceived loss on his part is a true tragedy to him. Right. Right? They're, like, like walking away with $1.7 billion is the equivalent of losing a leg to him. Right. Like, it's the ultimate insult. The more Newman stewed, the more he, the more he came to believe that he was the target of a coup. <laughs> Powerful interests wanted him out of the company. Yeah, he tells a conspiracy. Yeah, God. He tells friends, the crash of WeWork's IPO meant that investors who had pumped billions into WeWork were suddenly at risk of losing their shirts. Uh-huh. And now they wanted to collect. Sources told me his prime suspect is Benchmark Capital. In 2017, Benchmark led a boardroom putsch that ousted uh, Kalanick from Uber and later sued Kalanick to force him off Uber's board. Newman's suspicions of Benchmark increased when he learned that investor Michael Eisenberg a benchmark general partner, rallied WeWork's board members to dump Newman after the delayed IPO, sources said. Eisenberg did not respond to a request for commentary. It's just a conspiracy, man. Well, the thing is, is that he's kind of right. Right, but also, like, they had very good reasons for ousting him from yes. the company. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's like... It's like, this isn't a coup. This is due process, right. Adam. Yeah, this is, you are running this company into the ground. We want to be reasonable. We don't want to have a lunatic as a CEO. Right, it's like, now that, now that now that other people's paychecks, like, now that other rich people's paychecks are actually on the line here, yeah. you are a liability and you will be, you are fat that will be trimmed. Yeah, exactly. And the thing about, like, um, like, the thing about Eisenberg, like, Adam Nyman, Adam Newman thinks he's Eisenberg, right. right? Adam Newman thinks he's this, like, genius investor businessman, yeah. but 
Eisenberg knows how businesses are run. Yeah. He knows what you need to do, and he is a he is an utterly ruthless person to do business with. Right. He like he's famous for doing hostile takeovers of large companies like this. He right. he eats people like Newman for breakfast. Yeah. For now, Newman's dream is over. In September, the company announced it was getting rid of the Gulfstream and closing Rebecca's school. They withdrew all five of their kits. He tells friends he wants to learn from his crash. In his office, he keeps a card with the three lessons he wrote. Listen, be on time, and be a good partner. He thought about flying to Tokyo to see his one-time patron Masayoshi Son, but decided not to. He tried drafting a letter to WeWork's employees, but as of mid-November, he hasn't figured out what to say. Because he has nothing to say. Yeah. It's, it's all about him. It was always it's, about him, and now that he's not part of WeWork, he has nothing left to say. Yeah. It's, it's nothing to him. It's, he, he's, his reputation as a cult leader has been destroyed. Right. His, like, he doesn't get the ego boost that he does from the company. Yeah. It truly was never about the money. Yeah. It was, it was all about his ego. It's not about the business. It's not about the money. It's not about changing the world. It's about propping himself up as a visionary world changer. It's about making people think that Adam Newman is a genius. Yeah. That he's perfect. That he's a a god amongst men. Right. And that he's this Christ-like martyr. Right. You know, that that sacrificed himself so that that we work could continue. Yeah. You know, he... uh, he, he took the hit from this internal coup so that his employees could continue to work, even right. though he regularly fired 20% of them yeah. every quarter. Forced them to stay after work for hours. Right, and, like, sexually harassed several of them. Yeah. Like, it's just... I was just, like, I think about these, these people who are, like, ousted, like, like the Uber guy, like, Papa John from Papa John's, yeah. and, like, it's like... Like, what is their life now? Like, obviously, it's like they'll never have to work again. Yeah. But like, like, what do they like? What goes through their head on a daily basis? Right. It's like when when you ha- when there's no struggle in your life. Yeah. When there's like there's nothing to fight for. You have no passions or right. anything. Like you you have no creative outlets. No f- no real way of interacting with the world. Yeah. Like. What do you what do you spend your day doing? Do you just like watch TV? Right. Like in like your giant house or something. Right. Like your like your giant empty notch mansion with a candy room or whatever. Right. Like which like, is like I don't want to say I feel sorry for them cuz I don't. But yeah, it's I also don't. like that's like a pretty good punishment. It's like you you live a life without purpose of endless wealth and no right purpose. No like no struggle, no validation. It's like to me that's like ego death. Yeah. It's like it's an utterly hollow existence. Yeah, but it's like it's an ego death that doesn't teach you anything. It's it's right. like your ego has died but it like well it's like to get to this point, you can't have ever like you can't have you can't have a billion dollars and be a moral person. Yeah. Right. It's right. like you just you can't. There's no way to amass that amount of money ethically yeah right so to even get to that point you you have to already be a hollow person right and the only thing that brings you any joy is like increasing your personal wealth because that's the only thing that you can do right well it's like you have to be okay with betraying the people closest to you you know stepping on people ruining people's lives that's just a normal part of your day for years and then that gets taken away and (laughs) 
I, I just don't know. Like, I, I have no, no, obviously no way to empathize with them. Right. It's, it's, yeah, it's an utterly hollow existence. Yeah. There's nothing beneath the surface. Right. Just sitting in your giant house watching Netflix or whatever. Right. Drinking tequila. Yeah. Just like alone. It's like, ugh. Yeah. It sounds like, it, like that version of being rich sounds like, it just sounds like a uh, like a Black Mirror episode, yeah, or something. Totally, it's like the end, like that total, just like crushing ending. Like you're just sitting in a vat of your own nothingness for right. eternity. Right, it's, you're just you're just floating in a tank of your own complacency. Right, and you will never have a reason to not be complacent again. Right, but it's like for all of Adam Newman's talk of like ending poverty and like ending orphanage. Orf- yeah, orphanage crisis right it's like none of none of that shit is real to him yeah. he doesn't understand what it is he doesn't understand why it's important yeah like because okay if i had 1.7 billion dollars i would actually end shit like like i would actually try to fix shit right i would like if i had 1.7 billion dollars i would spend it until i didn't have 1.7 billion dollars yeah. right yeah it's, but <laughs> It's never, it's just another extension of his ego. It's like, I am so smart. Not only am I going to be the best business boy ever, I'm going to solve all problems because I am so smart. Right. And not, but not because it's the right thing to do or because he actually believes that you should do it, but because he wants the emotional validation of people saying he's a good person. Yeah. Right. Right. He is a smart, strong, and good person. Right. People just, people just want to he literally just wants people to say that he's a good smart business boy yeah. and that's it right yeah well adam newman if you're listening <laughs> go fuck yourself yeah go fuck yourself but also our heart goes out to you and if you need anything we're here for you <laughs> <laughs> you hollow rat bastard yeah. <laughs> well then we'll smack some sense into you adam <laughs> Come into our podcast studio. Right, right. Come live with us for a while and experience what being middle class yeah, is like. Right. Yeah. So maybe you can actually have some drive in your life for once. Then you can be a guest star on our podcast. <laughs> we'll, we'll go to we'll cut to Adam's corner every episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll compose a little theme music for you. Right. He'll he'll, he'll get a special little segment on our yeah. podcast. Uh, wow. All right. All so that was that's the We Company. I'm not going to say thank you for that story. <laughs> and you shouldn't. Whatever the opposite of thank you is. Uh, but I feel like I'm a stronger person for it. Oh, God. I finally feel like I've come up for air after two weeks of drowning. Right. Right. No, re- researching this topic felt like drowning. Yeah. Just listening to it felt like drowning. And uh, now I, I kind of feel like a little bit of peace for the first time. Right. Well, it's... Like, it sucks that Adam Newman... Like, it sucks that Adam Newman walked away with $1.7 billion. Like, yeah, but of course he was going to. Right. It's like, once you're at once you're at that class, it's like you can't... There's no true justice. Well, it's like you you, you either... You, you don't, like, drop down and become middle class. No. Like, you... You have you have friends. You have acquaintances that will all invest in whatever bullshit money laundering startup that you want. Yeah. You know, you, you get 10 of your friends to throw you $10 million or three hundred million million and suddenly you're a billionaire again. Right. Like, and it all just starts the fuck over again. Yeah. But it's like, if you study history, the thing that always kills empires yeah. is 
you have a great leader, and then they die and have to divide the empire amongst their four quarrelous sons or right. whatever. Like, this is what you're starting to see with the, the current ruling class. Yeah. Is you, you start to get people like Adam Newman, who are like, you're born into this insane privilege. Yeah. You have no idea what to do with it. And so you just start throwing money around and ruining everything. Yeah. Like, this this cannot, it cannot hold. Yeah, it's There's, not sustainable. Yeah, it's, none of it is sustainable. It, it's like I said, where it's like, you do not understand what poverty is. You don't yeah. understand how the world works, and therefore you cannot be an effective member of the ruling class. Right. Like, the center cannot hold, but I take, I do take some solace in knowing that Adam, that Adam Newman was, like, genuinely saddened. Like, yeah. that he was genuinely hurt by the loss of all this money. Right. Like, well, just by the loss of the status, I think, was the, the biggest blow to him. Right. And it's almost sweeter knowing that he, like, didn't get beat up or something. That yeah. it's like, he lost he lost an incalculable amount of money and still owns more than I will ever own in my entire life. Yeah. Or ten of my lifetimes. Right. And yet, it's like, he's still a hollow person. It's right. like, it's he's still not satisfied right that he brings me in, that hole in him right that that brings me intense joy yeah <laughs> because at least i can experience happiness right <laughs> exactly because we we have experienced the struggle and we know like that's like overcoming that stuff and helping others truly from an empathetic perspective right. that's what brings you joy actually having friends that yeah. aren't like because his wife is literally just like a, it's like a cult member yeah it's like that's it's not a healthy relationship. She yeah. she sees him as like a god king that right. must be appeased at all times. Right. Like that's not that's not a relationship. No. That's like that's a worshipper and a worshipee. Yeah. Like like haha, I have friends and you don't. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like <sighs> Well, I think that might be a good place to to wrap it up. <laughs> all right. All right. I think uh, we've come a long way. I don't know where to go from here. Again, everyone, I am sorry for imparting this upon you. We will rebuild. We will rebuild. Big things are coming. <laughs> uh, yeah. <sighs> All right. We will catch you next time, and we will probably be back to our uh, our regular episode structure. Yeah. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> Give us a rating. Like us on. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Oh my God. We love, uh, you. we love you. Bye.